Hello and welcome to You Set the Tone, the podcast that takes an x-ray to the medical drama show ER. We examine the show with surgical precision, celebrate the high pressure and beating hearts of the show. My name is Ed. I'm Sean. And I'm Sharon. Hey. 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 So this week we are covering season four, episode one, 21. That's, episode if you combine, that's a if you combine great... the two, it's yeah. one. Like one. 21. I'm not going to put my this. Suffer the little children or suffer the lildren. Um, so, yeah. But first of all, how are we all doing? We're all good? All good, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Good. yeah. Thank you. Yes. Be- uh, be- be- better than several of the people in this episode. Oh, it's yeah. jam-packed, this episode. Mm. I was scribbling notes and I didn't want to miss anything, especially a certain star turn by an amazing actor, Susie Kurtz. Could be any of them, yeah. <laughs> Are you Susie Kurtz? No, I was I'm but I'm in the episode if you look closely. <laughs> I I have to say though, it was like somebody had gone around Chicago just like hurting all the children for yeah, this episode because like every heavy. patient was like I don't know, maybe maybe Max had something to do with it. I don't know, because, you know, he's like, new. Or he's coming in to do a study on peds in the ER. Study, he so needs some victims, uh, study topics. He slammed <laughs> that kid's head into the, the pole or whatever. Pole, the, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty grim. Oh, hideous, oh. hideous. Did he put a ride back in? Was that yes, what he did. Yes, say? yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <sighs> he got that kid addicted to heroin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all him, uh, I think, anyway, but yeah. Grim. Anyway. Where do you want to begin? Who do you want to begin with? Jeannie has a positive story this week. She does. Yeah, she it's does, actually. Worry. You're right. Yes. Should we go she with does. Jeannie? Let's start with Jeannie. Did, Gloria Rubin did interact with us on the socials. She, um, as well, is it all opens with her, doesn't it? So yeah. it's a nice yeah. place to start. Because yeah. we're in her apartment. She's coughing. She doesn't seem to yeah. feel well she's taking her temperature it's worrying because as we know you know yeah. genie's health you know what might not be that bad for anybody else could yeah. you know sink her ship so mm. it's horrible and she's also she has been through a lot you know she's had a lot go on recently and oh poor genie but yes yeah, she, she's she's worried she goes into work and she was listening to her own heart wasn't she she kind of sits down and does that and I just wondered oh I don't know I just wondered what that must be like to just like hear your own through a stethoscope not just hear your own heart but anyway look at your stethoscope for your birthday then you can do it thank you perfect Perfect. ruin the surprise Ed Uh Um, but I I, I, what I actually appreciate a lot about this storyline is so Jeannie has been our viewpoint character for basically dealing with living with HIV for obviously nearly since her introduction as a character. And there's been a lot of talk about HIV. There's been a lot of, you know, showcasing, talking about medicine. But one thing they haven't done is show her as sick. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, which has been really, really positive in the portrayal of HIV. They have covered the fear, they have covered the stigma, but they haven't actually shown her unwell. So, this episode where it opens up and she's got a cough immediately, uh, yeah. and I know I've made this joke several times, but it's just like, oh, don't you dare! Oh, Jeannie's had enough. Oh, Jeannie has had enough this season. Don't, don't, don't you change this around now that now she's going to be ill, um, mm-hmm. and. 
I think I think the writers must have known that that must have been in the audience's mind, you know. Um, it's a bit like, you know, Jeannie coughs gets the same reaction out of me of when there's a hair out of place on Doug's head. It's just straight away <laughs> I'm Defcon one, you know. <laughs> And I was like, no, don't you don't you do this to us, don't, ER. Don't yeah. do it. Um, yeah, and she kind of well, she goes and asks for chest films, doesn't she? And she's doing it all off the books. Um, and then she's she it's sweet actually, because this is a storyline that brings her and Weaver back together, and we haven't yeah. had them be friends for a while. So, you know, she asks Weaver to look at the films, she doesn't tell Weaver who it is. Um, Weaver needs new films, which means she actually then comes forward and says, like, yeah their mind which is a really it's a really sweet moment actually because because it allows her to be vulnerable in front of Weaver and to talk about something that before she felt was weaponized by her sick her illness which she felt Weaver had weaponized so the fact that she's trusting her with that information shows maybe how far they've come again back to kind of being being good although Weaver did say and it made me laugh she said you're not you know you will not we won't ever get rid of you like we won't get rid of you and I thought you literally just did (laughs) how could you believe that but anyway benefit of the doubt Weaver I just thought that was funny now we know you can lawyer up at a moment's notice we will never get rid of you that that was cut out of the script yeah Yeah. (laughs) that was the subtext and the close-up yeah. shot where she has the recording device in her pocket, being like, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, I said to her, uh, and like, it's just, it's, it's such a sweet scene. But like, you're right, it's such a sweet scene, and particularly seeing the two of them together again, I, because it was deeply affecting when they fell out so much because yeah. Carrie was such a staunch supporter of her yeah. initially, and behind the scenes during their fallout as well and it was just it was just yeah like Jeannie was absolutely right to lawyer up and you know fight for her job and everything don't get me wrong but yeah you're just like oh but it wasn't about that it's just this horrible miscommunication that gets then wrapped up in the fact that you know budget cuts the the great and utter hide behind which is budget cuts um but I love the fact that Kerry turned around and says I took responsibility for your healthcare. Please come to yeah. me yeah. if you need. And it was just like, you know what? I believe you. Me I believe too. you so much here. And also, you know, Jeannie is alone, really. She doesn't, you know, Al's gone. Scotty just passed. Yeah. She doesn't really seem to, we don't know. And we don't see her with family or friends, really. So it feels very, you know, her getting sick by herself must be so scary because she doesn't have anybody. So having Weaver say, I'm here and I want to, you know, always come to me. And also I need, I, I'm here to be responsible as well for you. It's just a lovely, it's nice to have Jeannie have that back. It definitely was. And that's the the sad thing. It's, it was one positive aspect of her relationship with Al Boulay was that, they had that in common. Like she goes, go, oh God, I'm feeling rough today. And you go, yeah, I know. And, and having that person who's in the trenches with you at that moment yeah. is so useful and powerful and reassuring that you're right, she is alone. She yeah. hasn't got any anybody within an immediate experience of HIV like he has. Yeah, exactly. Or even she doesn't seem to have anybody to just kind of lean on, even if they yeah. don't fully like have... HIV to, to just be somebody who can kind of go I'm here or uh, yeah. I can help or whatever you know which makes a huge huge difference um 
but yeah, it's nice to see Jeannie and Weaver kind of back together. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and something that I do hope continues because I, I, I was thinking even, and I, I don't think there was any kind of personal slight against Jeannie as a character, but a few weeks ago when Corday had Carol and Anna over to her apartment. Now, obviously they weren't like, let's, who can we exclude in the ER? <laughs> but it, just as you were saying, like Jeannie's friend was Scott. Yeah. yeah, you know. Um. So, just want her to be happy. We do. Just we do. let her be happy, for God's but sake. She gets good news, and I I wrote it in my notes with three exclamation marks that it was just some other, you know, stuff that was going on. That's what made her feel a bit rough. Yeah. And she worked it out. She's so relieved, and she admits she that she panicked, and that's where we get this moment where Carrie says, "You can always talk to me," which, despite our cynicism about. Um, the job situation it was heartfelt and and they are close yeah she's yeah. a real real yeah. you know person who cares and is a real friend um real so, mensch yeah. to her yeah yeah that's that's genie this that's week Jeannie. it's it's just a nice little yay should we go to lizzie next because that's a very different storyline mm. absolutely intrigue and politics in the surgical team yes <sighs> Oh. I hate Corday. Uh, I hate Corday. Oh, Lizzie. I can Ooh. never hate Lizzie. I'm not on uh, Romano's side. She's just early. I've had no caffeine. I'm, you know. Well, we got to fix that. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, this is this is so frustrating. A lot of this story because you know Lizzie makes the great mistake of saying hello to Peter at work. And it becomes this, you know, massive yeah. storm of, oh, my God, did Romana see? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And which is totally an unfair position for her to be put in. Um, and I'm not convinced in any way that Romano didn't see them in the locker room either. Oh, I, I think thought yeah. I thought he was yeah. using that opportunity to screw with Peter as much as he was screwing with Lizzie. Absolutely. He's, he suspected that there is something going on and he used a clever ruse to get one of them, she, he played them. Yep. Like a, a piano. Do you know what I mean? He he got he manipulated the situation, and his little smile at the end, which we'll get to in a minute, tells you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the the sort of the the teasing in the OR was just. Ugh, He's such so a bully. He's yeah. such a bully. He, I mean, you know, so we they. He, they're not sure if he's seen them because they were kissing and he kind of he came in um he asked Benton if Benton can help on the surgery and Benton can't but Corday says you know I'm free and he rejects her which makes you think oh gosh he knows yeah then he starts asking her about the fact you know what happened with that other job that you were supposed to you know that had that offer that you yeah. got from kind of the Royal Gloucester Hospital and she says well you know I I declined it. I, I sent a letter, which I thought was so lovely. I sent a letter anyway. <laughs> she sent a letter with her calligraphy pen. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I sent it station yeah. going, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, and and he, uh, yeah, so she, she, and then he he threatens her, doesn't he? He says, well, yeah. you know, that was, a, that was risky. And it's just hideous because he really yeah. does, sadly, at this point, have her career and her yeah. future in his grip and and he's never been somebody who's been consistent with her or 
you know, she's never really known where she is with him, which is part of kind of the abusive and manipulative nature of him. Yeah. So that she's always, she's never had a standing where she can be like, this is all the good work I've done, therefore yeah. he can't get rid of me. She just knows how slippery he can be. So I don't know, I just think you can really feel that, you can really feel his anger and his like frustration and trying to get back at her. And yeah. you can yeah. really feel her fear, I think, as well in this, um, that this, tiny little man in every respect is holding her career in the palm of his hands you know and it's yeah it's just yeah. hideous he's yeah. just hideous um, um there is a there's a stereotypical way uh, that's portrayed a lot in media small man syndrome and i use it it's stereotypical because obviously it's a big massive generalization um yeah i think of romano every yeah. time somebody says this because Obviously, obviously, like their stereotype and the insult is that it tends to refer to people's stature as like their physical standing. But mm -hmm. also it's because there is he is both the most confident and arrogant man in the world yeah. and also clearly derives his confidence from breaking down others. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's he a from, real bully, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He comes from outside. And as a man of five foot five and a half, I've heard that before. And it just always makes me go, oh, come on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's... It, <laughs> Basically, when a short person gets angry or gets um, into a position of authority and gets a bit fed up with somebody, oh, it's short man syndrome. It is. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's such a, it's, it's, it's an easy fallback. It's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. it must be this. It must be this. Um, and it's, it is a way to write off legitimate issues sometimes. Oh, it's gosh, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, straight away, oh, it must be this. You're like, or... And then it, it cuts yeah. dialogue down, doesn't it? You yes. know, if somebody kind of comes back up with you with that. You can't, it takes it out of the facts and takes it away from that. And it becomes, when I was referring to Romano as small man, I meant like his person, like he's a very, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, he's small minded and he's, yeah, he's just so, yeah, yeah. he's just this little kind of, oh, I just, yeah, I mean, he really angers me as well. He's just so, he's so hideous because then later, you know Corday runs to Benton and says like he mm. he knows and he's threatening me and and we first it's the first time we see Benton kind of put his own neck on the line for yes. her you know and he kind of confronts Romano and says look what we do in our personal time and that's where you know he Romano takes that on and they go into the the surgery and he does that horrible thing where he's asking the other woman in the oh. surgery like hypothetically if somebody said that they weren't going to date their co-worker then you find out they are dating the co-worker and he's just needling her and trying to just you know, odious yeah really yeah. punish her and make her uncomfortable and oh and she obviously can't fight back in the way she'd like to because that would you know she'd have to confront exactly yeah. yeah which is not anybody's business but no. but i was thinking as well about like I know we've discussed it before, but, you know, he is her superior. He is the reason she's there. So the fact, you know, that he start, he he asked her out and was trying to get that angle with her was already inappropriate. You know? 100%. And so yeah. it's just, it, yeah. And it's horrible because she, you can feel her desperation and she doesn't yeah. deserve it. And she's a good, a good doctor. Um, See, the thing, I know exactly what you're saying. She, obviously, she's fantastic. But Romano's held it over her head because when she went to bat for, oh, the woman with the 
uh, vocal cords. Alison. Thank you. It's gone out of my head terribly. Um, <laughs> you know, she went to bat for her and, you know, pulled that guy from the other hospital to help. Love and, it. Kotlovitz, thank you. Sorry, I um, can't ever forget that name. It's no, such no, a brilliant it is, name. You can't. I, apparently, I can remember all names this morning. Isn't that right, Dave? Um, <laughs> what, I don't know Dave? who's Dave. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, and he, then he holds that over her, say, <sighs> when she when she gets her appraisal, um, where she gets her feedback paperwork, and says maybe if I'd spent less time doing this, then it would have been more glowing. Do you know, he's always holding that against her. Yeah, and and we don't know what recourse she has. You know, mm. we're very aware of these toxic workplaces and these toxic yeah. men, and we know, you know, now as well, we have a lot of vocabulary, and there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things you can point to. Whereas I think back then you didn't have that you couldn't say look he asked me out I said no he's punishing me people would just be like yeah but a we don't want to know or b you know deal with it yourself or actually we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's shouldn't the one you with the power flattered. shouldn't you be flattered yeah, that this shouldn't you be man flattered? in power is is paying you attention yeah and I think you know that's what makes it even more insidious you know that this is all going on and um she doesn't really have that recourse what is really cute is the fact that Benton stood up for her and you know she yeah. says to him you know you're very gallant but now everybody knows um you know it's kind of out there but it because they face two obstacles this episode don't they because yes. they've got that they've had the whole Romano thing but then they've also got again you know the race thing comes up again yes Corday says to Bent you know I want to go to the Velvet Lounge he's very much like oh no that's on the south side she's like what is that dangerous and then starts like I love the way she's like I was in this pub in Belfast yeah, yeah. I was thinking what else was she like where are all the other places she's been I was in a cave and a rave yeah. with, oh with Osama bin Laden yeah. and I, you know like, Peter I did storm Baghdad during the first Gulf War exactly. so I was like, the one with the pitchfork at the Bastille when the French <laughs> you know like <laughs> she threw the first brick at Stonewall exactly um, yeah exactly. I can believe that I don't believe that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he's very much like, no, no, we can't do that. He then starts saying to her later, you know, what about this other other place? Um, I have to say, I love the scene when when she's in the um when they're in the changing rooms, just the way she kind of she's like, Peter, are you in there? Can I come in? And she he's like, as if you'd, you know, would ever not come in. Like, is there a moment where you would ever if yeah. I said you don't come in, you would listen. And I just love that he knows that about her. And she's like, oh, am I not your shy English rose? <laughs> I love as well that it is, it's played comfortably because yes. we obviously, we discussed in the previous episode, it was, in a, it was inappropriate when she walked in and he was having yeah. a shower and that was played quite uncomfortably. Yeah. This is different. Their relationship has changed. She's not just randomly walking in on Peter in the changing room. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I wonder, was this scene added almost as a as a bookend for that other scene? Or yeah, was I it mean, just, oh, we just need them to be in the hospital. We need Romano to see them. I, I mean, I wonder if it was in the sense that they wanted to show the progression of the relationship. You know, it was awkward here. Actually, now they're intimate. And so this is actually quite fun or quite sweet. And, and you get the sense that Peter actually just enjoys have her forthrightness and likes <laughs> the way she kind of keeps him on his toes, doesn't yeah. she? You know, Um later he he does say to her let, all right let's kind of let's go to the the velvet lounge and and then there she she discusses it she pulls it out and she says yeah. you know 
it, it's uncomfortable. I don't want you to change. I don't have this expectation of you. And he says to her, and I thought this was so cute. He says, you know, trust me, I'm, I'm working on it. I know it's an yeah. issue and I'm working on it. And I just thought that that was, that was nice to say, you know, mm. that he's, he, he's aware of it. He knows it's an issue. He's, he himself is going to try and he, he cares enough about her to try and work on it, which I thought was, was really sweet and, and it's just it's an interesting topic isn't it you know interracial dating and yeah and like he says you know you don't know what it's like and he knows that going into a very black place with a white woman as his date will mean different things for him than it does for her yeah exactly I was, I was just doing a bit of research about south side briefly there and it's something I remembered from fully enough watching Lovecraft Country which yeah. tells you a lot about um about Chicago, because it starts in Chicago in the 30s? No, 50s. Anyway. I think it's post-war, yeah. Yeah, it's post yeah. but it's just which war. But um and that the, the South Side is the, the predominantly black neighborhoods and still is. I was also, something, was it Michelle Obama? I think, I think so, yeah. She she was raised there. Yeah, carry on, sorry. I uh, no, it's all right. Uh, but it's also got um very high rates of crime. So yeah, I think there's that there's that double whammy of Peter saying that to protect, but also, like you say, that kind of discomfort with taking his white girlfriend to a a, a lounge, you know, a place that's clearly going to be mostly black people. It's it's not great by him, but yeah, it's not superb. It's um, I I thought it was interesting as well that a lot of the times, um, at least in I'd, I'd be honest, in a lot of the media that I've watched, you tend to see interracial dating through the lens of the white partner yes. as opposed to the person of color. Yeah. So this obviously this this flips it and you see it's I suppose maybe for want of a better phrase, it's Peter with the problem. Yeah. Um, but it's because he's so aware of the history, not only, of course, of Chicago itself, but, you know, the history of interracial dating in general yes. as you know a very light topic with absolutely nothing <laughs> you know nothing that could possibly uh could, moving swiftly along um yeah we could talk about and, it in a purely academic way and, and keep emotions out of it i think yeah. exactly yeah, yeah i thought it was interesting as well that they they portray that lizzie is so open and a cynical person could say that she is an example of those people who say oh well i don't see color Mm. Um, yeah. now because those people oh yeah I, I don't see color how nice for you yeah 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 um, you've just erased a whole part of me and my yeah. experience thank you <laughs> you're welcome anyway so, <laughs> it's, it's uh, the it, it, i the right word it's too early it's the underlying element that says i don't see color i see you like a white person do you know what i mean it's that yeah. you're the same as me but clearly we're not yeah and that's why I think it's really interesting because when I was younger watching this I was really like I don't get it I don't understand why Benton's being so weird and what's wrong with him and as you get as I've gotten older and I've understood more and I get it I, I I'm like oh of course oh, okay it is because actually he's the one who will face the repercussions and he's the one who who will have to answer to kind of you know the his community in in, in yeah in kind of commas, inverted commas, um, because unfortunately that's what happens a lot of the time. It kind of ends up on on the person of colour and 
and he's the one who it will harm more I think than it will her because the default is white and the world is white so yeah. he, you know all the a lot of the struggles will be kind of on on him and I like what they do with Lizzie because they don't make her like she doesn't understand or she's impatient with him she's really trying to be there and listen and and she's at no point like it doesn't matter who cares you know she really yeah. does validate the fact that she gets why he's that way she obviously wishes he wasn't and that they could be but she's also I think willing to be on the journey with him which yes. which I think is is good and and we see him opening up you know he does say let's go to the you know he wants to take her and uh, you know he fought for her this week so we do we are seeing him starting to 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 actually come out about it and 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 show that they are together which you know is gross yes sure should we hit a biggie next i'm thinking doug and his yeah. ill-advised uh, ideas. So, question for you both. Does Doug do the right thing? So, I can totally see what his thinking is, because yeah. actually, if you remove, you know, because he's, the, so the whole thing is, baby Josh, who we knew from last week, is the methadone, he's, you know, he's addicted to heroin, his mom has been stealing his methadone, Um at the beginning of the episode, you know, we, we see Doug with the doctor from upstairs who's very like, yep, we're, we're on your side. The social work, we're going to say to social worker, the baby needs to be removed from the mother. Um, so there's that real understanding of actually the mom's a bit of a danger. We're going to keep the baby away. Later, the social worker comes and says, I've got, I'm actually, the mom has moved in with an aunt and uh, it's all going to be okay and we have to give her the benefit of the doubt and Doug just knows that that's not going to work or in yeah. his whatever makes him believe it's not going to work maybe experience whatever so he his idea is obviously to detox baby Josh so that yes there is no methadone you know you take that out of the equation which I completely completely get and I can see why he did it the way he did it because he was up against it. You know, they weren't giving him any time. He has to lie to Adele, the social worker, about why he needs to take Josh back. Um, he said, "Yo, I've got to fill these forms in." And uh, oh, look, oh, he's got pneumonia. I think he might have possible pneumonia. You know, because he's up against a system that wouldn't do, you know, what wouldn't do something as risky or as kind yeah. of. So I completely see why he does it. I guess where I worry is if something goes wrong, which, you know, it, it does, what provision do you have? You know, what, what, like, at what point would Doug have raised the alarm if Green hadn't? And that's where I worry about it. Right. Yeah, it's, I was just thinking as you were saying that, the, the, the main um, kind of uh, argument, points of debate that Kerry and mark bringing are primarily bureaucratic aren't they there where's the you know where's the chart where's this you haven't covered us you irrespective of whether it's the right thing to do for the baby it is all about where's the chart that kind of um issue with what he's done it's it shows i think it's where emotion and uh, <clears throat> professionalism clash is, or maybe professionalism is the wrong word here, but uh, definitely it shows the limitations yeah. of the system 
yes. because um like the the social worker her name completely escapes me it always does thank you very much adele um she is doing exactly what on paper is the right thing to do which is you know there has been a change in the living circumstances yep that's um and then it, it it's hard to argue with doug's motivation it's mm-hmm. hard to argue with you know he seems to know what he's doing and it's it's ed you made a great point there that had the alarm not gone off yeah because there there was there was that moment and you do see doug floundering you do see him going i don't know what's wrong uh i it you know, he kind of goes because he kind of says no no it's not this so it, it maybe it's this maybe it's this and of course you have seconds you know yeah. to make these decisions um and it's not obviously it's not to say that you know he might not pull an amazing save out of the bag um how many times has Doug done that but yeah it's it's that thing of like when when green bursts into the room and he is like a dog chewing a nettle when he comes into the room yeah i completely understand mark's anger yes i do because he and he does he says to to Doug, you know, you lied, you looked me yeah. in the eye and you lied. So on a number of levels, there is the friendship betrayal. There is the yeah. I am your boss professional betrayal. And what I think, and this is why where I struggle with Doug, is he doesn't ever think past kind of his, the end of his own nose sometimes. So for him, yeah. I'll detox this baby and everything's fine. What are the ram- the larger ramifications for the hospital? What trouble could they get into? Could they be sued? Could they... Could something have happened to the baby that meant the baby passed away? What does it mean for in the future? Will other mothers, and we do see this does happen, yeah. turn up and want their babies detox? You know, it's 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 never thinking further than what's in front of him. And I completely get why the system frustrates him. But I also think there, there are bigger pictures and sometimes I yes. wish he would pause and look at the bigger picture rather than the thing in front of him because... It must be frustrating because you just never know what he's going to do, and and you can't ever trust him to say, you know, if he says, yeah, I'm, I'm like he says to Green, you know, oh, I've got a teenager who's got whatever, and um, and and you 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 want to be able to trust the people you work with, but he, it's not that he doesn't. Also, what he does is he he does risky things. It's not yeah. like he they're little things, you know. I gave a bit of an extra pill to this person, or I did. These are really risky, big yes. swings yeah. he takes, and I think that's that's where it's scary for me. Yeah, and I feel like even Carol, like when he says, "Oh, we're going to do an ultra rapid detox," she's like, "What is that?" You know, yeah, as in, it's this not, is not um, a standard procedure. No. This is not like a. Um, and they have to put the baby into a coma, which is, I think where I, you know, that's not a th- choice you want to to no. make, and I completely get it. Like it'd be brilliant for the baby to be detoxed but I don't know you know it's not just about that there are so many risks and things and and he has never done the procedure he's read about it that as well for me is like uh yeah it's his boundless confidence again isn't it it's his also his white knight uh complex I did I did feel that I did feel that in this episode um and it's funny how they frame him as a character as well, because, you know, it, it's it, it's making you kind of question 
It was like, oh, he's doing these things wrong. Well, do you want the baby to die? Do you want the baby to suffer? Well, you know, kind of, you, well, you have to. Do you to want the it. mom to still be on methadone? You know, exactly. Like, yeah, his methadone. Like, yeah. It's like, but, but, That's but the not baby's the not a test subject, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then, but no, we're trying to help. We're trying to help. Um, and like, it, it, it's funny, but like, this is the thing as well, and Sharon, that you mentioned as well, Mark's anger, because you expect Kerry's anger. You kind yeah. of, you know, you, you you see that one coming and she does. She reads him the riot act. Um, but, you know, for Kerry, she's just like, oh, for God's sake, it's another thing with Doug. For Mark, it's like you have. I'm going to use the word betrayed. I, yeah. I was going there. He feels betrayed. By yeah. It. Well, that's the underlying emotion, isn't it? You know, it's it, it's not just the I'm your boss level, it's the you are my friend. And I think yeah. it's a real crossing of a line that I don't think Mark ever, I think mm. Mark was like, yep, yeah, I know Doug could do this, do this, do this. But I think that he always thought he would stop before he would yeah. betray him in that kind of way. So yeah. there's a real, you know, shock there and a real anger and... Because he doesn't say a lot. He kind of said, you know, you lied to me. And yes, he sets in motion the, you know, baby Josh going upstairs. But it's, you know, Kerry's the one who kind of starts like really having a go. And I think, mm. you know, Green's kind of silence is scarier, isn't it? You know, that yes. kind of, I can't even, I'm so mad. I can't even yeah. say anything to you right now. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> especially given, so we'll go into the Max storyline in a bit, it intersects with Max Anna and Carter, but all the way through, Mark has been kind of trying to defend, you know, let's see this yeah. through. Let's see if we can put a PETA unit into the EO. It's, it's a study, it's feasibility. It might not work, but it might do. And that's not just backing up Doug, who wants the attending role. He thinks it's a generally good idea, so he's being as fair as he can. But Kerry was the one who's hiding Max uh, with all the statistics. Do you know what I mean? Like, read through those, you don't see what actually we're doing. I, I see what you mean. I don't think Green is it, it believes in the Peds thing. I think his whole thing is that I really think that he will watch what they do right. and turn around and say, actually, you don't need it. And I think that's right. what Green is. So he's very that's why he's quite like, okay. let's show him everything. And he right. says to, you know, he says to Kerry, you know, I will stand up and say we don't need this because I think he's almost he's also affronted like you know weaver's really like defensive about the fact that you know doug is attacking their treatment of children and and green keeps saying you know we don't need it i don't think it's needed but he's also very supportive of his friend and he wants to make sure that they give it the fairest go but i really think inside he knows or believes that max will come to the conclusion that it's not needed um and it's interesting actually all the way through because because they do, they, I mean, Weaver, because this is where Weaver and Green kind of are a bit stressed out in this because Max has come in to do the feasibility study as, to, you know, mm -hmm. do does ER need a paediatric, you know, kind of unit, little separate thing. Weaver is like, I'm going to stick him in a room with lots yes. of files and keep him off the floor and uh, really push my point across. Whereas Green's like, no, I'm going to free him. He's going to follow me. I'm going to show him how well we work, which I, I agree with with Marks. And then later, you know, Weaver really attacks Green. She's like, well, you know, you're going to you're backing him. It's all because of him. You want, you know, because of who Doug is. And I think Green's a bit 
a bit annoyed about that because he's like, don't you know me better than that? That I would yeah. would just take Doug's side because Doug's my friend mm. rather than actually, yeah, you know, um, see your point of view. Yeah. yeah, I like uh, I like to Kerry's little joke as well. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a good area. The janitor's closet. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. kids' beds are small. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every time the IVs off the hooks so they hang the mops on. That's when Mark <laughs> clicks. And I really like a, a, a very dry sense of humor. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, she is, and it, 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 I, I thought it was, it was a great callback to that. Uh, the, the joke when Carol's doing the ride along, and she's like. Of course, you know, she completely yeah. deadpan humor yes. of, you know, where are you going with these supplies? Uh, 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 that's fine, of course. Yeah. Okay. I'm not oh, sure if you're being serious yeah. now or if you're being serious. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Um, you know, so he, he, and I, and I bet that's also part of poor Mark's kind of, I, you know, I try to be as supportive as possible to you. And this is what you do. You throw this in my face, you do these things behind our back. Yeah. You know why am I arguing with Weaver and 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 putting on this show for for Max when you're just treating everything the way you treat everything, um, yeah. which I think is an interest. You know, it's just it's shade the different shades of color to the story in all the different yeah. ways, and because you do, you you must feel some kind of what's the word? You know, allegiance to your friend. But yeah, sure. I, but I feel with Mark it, he, at this point, he's definitely not clouding his professional judgment is how yeah. I feel I mean he kind of you know kicks ass a bit this week doesn't he really as we say you know child after child is wheeled into the ER and and Mark's very much come Max you know follow me watch see what we do I mean the case with the girl with the you know her eyes oh, basically uh. come out which is so gross um and and he says well, we will do the procedure down here. And they're like, well, aren't you going to call the, the specialist down? And he's like, we don't need to. And he he shows how he basically eases it back in and, and how good he is with, with the little girl and and how trained they are to deal with kind of everything that comes in. Like, it's, it's you know, anything with eyes hanging out of sockets is generally <laughs> something I tend to avoid. Yeah. But he's so, he's so good. He's so good. And then I... You know, it, it's funny. We joked with this at the start that, you know, Max gets such a wide variety of, <laughs> you know, things that are yeah. done as part of pediatrics in this ER. Um, but I mean, this is a bit like, you know, Mark's like, oh, we've done this before. Have you? I know. Like, <laughs> what's going on in Chicago? <laughs> like, I he's mean, just like, yeah, it's the run of the mill. <laughs> she ran into a lamppost. And when I first heard that, I was like, how? Well, her eye was hanging out. She couldn't see it. Uh, yeah. hey. Hey. Um, <laughs> why have we all turned into the uh, Fonz all of a sudden? Anyway, just how we are. Um, how we do. I mean, do should we get into kind of Anna? Carter, yeah, I think that's Max? a nice natural segue. Yes, because when we last left Anna, you know, she was hugging a strange man who we assumed was her ex. And we realised the reason he's actually come to County is because he's doing this feasibility study because he is trained as a uh, ER physician as well as a peds. So he yeah, seems like, mm. yes, he's he's obviously the perfect person to come. And it and it, but it's stressing Anna and Carter out. You know, Anna 
says to him it feels weird because he's trying to worm his way back in I think in ways isn't he because there's a bit where he's trying to ask her out and talk about food and trying to just talk to her as if everything's normal and she's like don't you understand how weird it is that you're here and in my space and in my world that I've built without you um you know and, and Anna and Carter they they meet at the beginning and and Carter's already like just does not trust Max no. for, for various reasons as well as obviously jealousy I think there are other you know the addiction oh, stuff and the stories and the green-eyed monster is, is full at play here absolutely and he kind of you know and he says to like are you back together and she's like no and he's or where is he staying and she's like at my place and so he's like well you know there you go you're back together in in, in a yeah. lot of ways but Max picks up on it because he tries throughout the whole episode to be to get Carter on side in ways, yeah. doesn't he? He's always trying to, oh, you're doing such a great job. And, oh, wow, do you want to eat this with me? You know, and yeah. Carter's like, and I thought that was interesting because it made me feel like he's also, he's threatened by Carter as well, isn't he? Because he says, you know, Anna's spoken so much about you. So for him, that's piqued his his own kind of, hang on a minute, this is possible competition or... Mm-hmm. I, because Anna says... I about Max that you know you've only heard one side of the story from me I want you to get to know him and I I don't know if I was being super uncynical but I was just like seeing Max was just trying really hard and and knows that Carter means a lot to Anna I I can see your point of view as well but I I don't know if I was just being uncynical for a change and was just seeing it as he was just being a nice guy I don't know I think he was trying to stay he's very interested in having Anna back that's why he's kind of turned up that's why he's kind of really for you know let's hang out let's go out and eat let's do things I'm gonna find Philly cheesesteaks because this is our little thing and it's our Philadelphia world and for me it's Uh, very much he knows that Carter means a lot to her and he needs to suss out what that means and he's trying to get Carter on side because a you know I think Carter's opinion of him would mean a lot to Anna so maybe if Carter's like you're right Max is great oh, okay. Anna might be like yeah get him back but also he wants to make sure you know keep your friends close and enemies closer kind of he wants to keep his eye on what Carter's doing and and what's going on there um fair enough um I like that Randy actually was sweet with Max yes I'm like normally she's quite um brusque and a little bit more abrupt with people, but like, oh, here's my secret stash of coffee. If you see anybody else make it apart from me, it's probably terrible. And I was like, Randy has I like, a crush. I like you. I like you, Randy. You're, you're. Well, I mean, we know we like Randy, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I kind of get the feeling that she's, she's a very. I get the feeling she's a good judge of character. Yeah. You know, uh, so that that kind of her being friendly with Max kind of went, maybe he is nice. Maybe he is actually going to be okay. Like, I think Carter is, I don't, I don't think he's being entirely altruistic in Absolutely the way that he not, yeah. deals with, with Max. He might not be wrong, but I don't think it's entire. But I do believe he does want Anna to be happy. Yes. yes. Yeah. I think because, well, I was, I have to say, I was like, Max does not seem to me like Randy's type. So that was a bit odd. I was like, yeah. really? Yeah? Okay. I think the um 
I think the Carter thing, I think there are de definitely not altruistic, definitely jealousy is playing into it. But also, he's just been burned by the whole chase thing. His, his kind of experience of people who are addicts yeah. is very, very marred at the moment. And he's also heard a lot from Anna about, about you know, this guy who's now turned up. He, he, he's heard all the bad stuff. So yeah. I think it's a real mix, isn't it, of kind of all of those things. Um, because we see so all the way through Carter's kind of looking after uh, a little boy called Sam Adams and he uh, he's trying to figure out why Sam basically Sam comes in cyanotic he's not getting enough oxygen around he's basically blue um, and they're trying to figure out why and Max is just he's he's a bit too much for me I have to say right. like in the in the room he's very much like I don't he just feels very like too interested in Carter for my liking right. and questioning Green about what, why Carter, you know, why he's letting Carter do certain things. And and then when Carter finally comes up with the answer, he's like, oh, so now you're going to test the, you know, you're going to test the the parents. He's like, I've already done it. And and then uh, later okay. he's like, you know, really good catch. And Carter, and Carter, have you ever had that where somebody's just trying so hard and you're just like, it kind of puts me off you more because you're it's just sometimes yeah, yeah I've had this that's what how I felt watching it I was sometimes like, oh I do but I'm also aware of my own psychology that doesn't like compliments and assumes that there's an ulterior motive so I'm kind of I, I can see that that can be the case but I also factor in my own you know effed up head so yeah it, it I, I feel for Carter in this because yeah. he's just trying to do his job and he's it got does this come person, off a bit much. Yeah. Like, now maybe you need to do this. And oh wow, here's a cheesesteak. And it's just like, leave me alone, read the room. I just yeah. don't want to be your friend right now. Um, so I felt for Carter because I've been there and it's just exhausting. So um, so yeah, that's kind of you know, Carter. Yeah. And yeah. Max and also Carter's story, really, because he mostly is with this this little Sam Adams boy who he does figure out what it is and treats. What a turn to chocolate as well. Oh, I know. Gosh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. The human body is a strange place. Yes, it is. Yes. yes, it is. Yes, it um, is. Yeah. Um, would Anna be a good, I suppose... Oh, I can't wait to talk about this story. I was thinking you might. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so Anna's got the most interesting case this week, hasn't yeah. she? It's a, a patient who comes in covering her face and there's clearly big hair behind there that's elegantly coiffed. Um, and, you know, her husband's staying on side and she doesn't want to show her face and she has to. It turns out she's had a facelift um, not long back and it went a bit wrong. Um, there's a bit of infection going on there and there's this red line around her hairline all the way through oh, the episode yeah um and she's quite um I don't want to say neurotic but she's quite the handful she's very vain isn't she yeah she's very she's very, very self-conscious yeah it's funny because they'll come in and be like you're dying and she's like yeah but how's that going to affect my face you know it's yes she isn't dying I'm you know it's that kind of thing she's yeah. very much more she's not hearing any of the serious stuff she's only yeah. here wondering and worrying about her face so we, it turns out they're a tv evangelist Tina Marie and her partner Emmett and they're like exactly as you'd expect evangelists yeah. 
to be, you know, they're very, they're, they're Southern and they're very, everything becomes like a moment to exploit. Yes. Um, it, you we'll know, pray for those kidneys. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the re so she comes in, she, she's had that, the facelift because obviously her job is to sell on TV and her face and everything is that product, isn't yes. it? Um, you know, green leaves Anna to look after her. He's like, you can deal with this, cheers, bye. Yeah, I'm <laughs> off, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. That's enough evangelist for me. Um, yeah. And the husband, Emmett, who's very much like, I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor of divinity. And it's like, yeah. I just don't do that in a hospital because no. you're the least important doctor in a hospital, you know? If somebody overhears that and says, oh, doctor, can you come in here and help with this, actually? Yeah. They'll say, yeah, I'll pray, brilliant. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's something... Really colourful characters, aren't Yeah, they? and I'm just thinking, did he get his PhD from the same place Malucci got his MD? Do you know, was it University of Grenada or the Correspondence <laughs> University of Arizona or something like that? Do you know he what I mean? He walked it's... past the church once, <laughs> the spirit. And I'm a doctor, I can't I'm a doctor of divinity. And he, um, so we get this really colourful, you know, couple. Again, yeah. they're not listening to anything, but her, her kidneys are failing. Not, yeah, they're not produced they're not working that well yeah, but yeah. they're worried about the function all they hear is you know kidneys not working she's going to die we, yeah we need to do a broadcast we need to do a broadcast from the thing and it's and Anna's just like bemused by the whole thing because she's a they're not really taking anything in that she's saying but b they're just you know they're so vain and into how they look and how everything looks you know, there's moments where they're trying to put saline on her face and she's like no 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 you can't what is it no no put on my cleanser it's special it's they're very hands-on in their own treatment and very yes. not really they're very not you know, not good at listening to the facts no. and just trying to think that they know better in in a lot of ways um yeah they decide to broadcast don't they from yeah. From the room and what I think is absolutely brilliant is Randy says to to Anna you know oh they're going to broadcast and she's like no definitely not they're not going to broadcast and literally two seconds later Weaver's like we have to broadcast the hospital have said yes yeah yeah the administration of the of okayed it because yeah. it's I guess it's potentially good copy for um county general yeah, absolutely, you know, because... No such thing as bad publicity. And, and evangelists, people who believe in all that, you know, they do give lots of money and they do, uh, you know, they... Yeah, their their viewers give a lot of money. Yes, yes, yeah, oh yeah, not the not them, yes. but the viewers, so that's probably what they're thinking, impossible. What they're not thinking, though, is if anything goes wrong, you don't want that, that group of people against you because they will pick it and they will be there and they will be vocal and they will be... You know, yeah. if they think they're doing the God's work by shutting down the hospital, <laughs> if something Definitely. goes wrong to Tina with Tina Marie. Um, so, yeah, they decide to do the and it's horrible, isn't it? Because every little thing that gets mentioned becomes like, a, come on, we now need to pray extra and you yes. need to give more. and We need to do that. You know, and it's so exploitative, isn't it? And, and hideous Completely. to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I mean. Obviously, I don't think this will be a controversial statement. I don't really put a lot of stock in television evangelism. Um, no. Nope. Um, and, Anything uh, that says, give me money and we'll save your life. No, yes. give your soul. Front row seats in heaven. And it'll only cost you this much. It, but, well, it's, it's exactly. It's, it's, it, this is the direct descendant of, or the direct ancestor of um, prosperity preaching. Do you know those people say God wants me to have a car and he wants me, he wants you to give me the money for yeah. it? Yeah. 
And it's the same thing that caused the bloody Protestant schism, buying faith, you know, buying your way into heaven. Yeah. If you give the Catholic priest this much money, then he'll do special prayers for you to make sure <sighs> you and your family go to heaven. <sighs> I mean, yes. Yeah, it just beggars belief. But anyway, um, but then when the cameras kind of switch off, uh, we see um, uh, Edward is, you know, he's quite you know kind of da, 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 yeah Emmett, like, don't, Emmett, don't sorry thank you. <laughs> I, I beg your pardon no, no. i mean you you were sitting there with your pad and paper yeah assessing my, um, my big teeth in yeah yeah absolutely yeah i'm just sitting there kind of going through the admin of it and he's not but he's he's switched off he's not yeah. his television yeah, yeah. personality and you know anna's obviously been like you know you are a pair of frauds she's not saying it to them but it's written all over her face yeah and she she has a chat with 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 uh, her names escape me uh Susie Kurtz yes Tina Marie. Tina Marie Tina Marie sorry thank you for see I was going to say Tammy Faye because I think these are directly based on yes. Tammy Faye Baker and uh Jim Baker yes. um and uh the even the sheet I it's the one time I believe Tina Marie when she says she believes in God yeah, because she said, you know, God brought us together, and basically, my illness is how I'm keeping us together. Yeah. Well, she hints at the fact that she doesn't always look after herself because she knows that that's the thing that Emmett stays around for. So she won't always be checking her blood sugar because, actually, if she's a little bit sick, she knows he's there. And it's this real darker side, and we get to see a a real human with all the the fears and stuff. And, and insecurities and it's it's quite dark and it's really sad mm. to see how I mean we know she's insecure anyway because obviously everything but for it to be on this kind of real level and she does everything to keep basically yeah. her partner her husband of so well they've been married since they were at high school um which is early which is very early and it's just it's horrible to hear that we get to see you you see her as a human you see her as a person with failings and I think Anna starts to feel sympathetic and maybe like a lot more of this makes sense now yes it's funny because he's got this strong southern accent I want to say Texas well because he played um a Texan in Angel uh would have played Fred Burkle's dad who was from Texas but I have I think Swoozy Kurtz was putting more of a Southern accent on. Then when she's talking to Anna, I, I felt like the accent dropped a little bit. Yeah. The, the facade, the, the mask slipped and she was talking as herself, not as the televangelist celebrity. And she's even like playing with her hair pieces. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's we're, we're literally seeing the mask has dropped. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it... <sighs> It's it's quite tough watching, you know, it just shows because I I don't always believe that people who have to go on TV to sell religion are well in themselves. So it's interesting to see that play out and what it is that is actually motivating her and this whole kind of yeah. thing. I, th- I think some of them, and it's easy to bandy this around, but I think some of them are actual psychopaths. Yeah, That's the only way I can understand it like that. That um Oh God, what's the name who really inserted herself into the Trump White House? Oh, Elizabeth, I know. You know, I know what, what you, I know who you mean exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've shown several times today. I'm not good with names, but yes, I'm, you know, <laughs> his faith today. advisor. 
Yes, um, and she and, was part of this prosperity um, preaching. And it's sad because it's gospel. That's it. Uh, it's it's sad because it's in so many. It uh, sadly and unfortunately, you know, religion is rife. You know, we get a lot of cults, and you get a lot of because there's this idea of I don't know a heaven or yeah that you will get into in the fear of damnation or whatever that is mm. and it's a real motivator and people can really exploit that and it's yes. it's just horrible really yes yeah, yeah. it's, it's again i've said this before and i'm no biblical scholar but i'm fairly sure jesus would be rotating in his tomb do you know what i mean here yeah, yeah. it doesn't feel like real what no. what is real christianity you know exactly. real it's exploitation. Real faith. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, exactly. It's exploitation. It's yeah. nothing different between that and what else. And that's, I thought it was interesting that they didn't just have these people to laugh at. They actually went, no, here's a real story. Here are the real people underneath. Yeah. Yeah. It is because, I mean, the, these, the, these people, these people that do these things, they are, whether we like it or not, they are people at the end of the day. They are multifaceted. And it's, it's really good to kind of put the lens on them and go, what makes you tick? What and as as we discussed, for her, it's a way of keeping Emmett close. It's a way of you know, if look, if this is his, this might be simplifying a bit, but oh, if this is his thing, I will throw myself yeah. into this one hundred and ten percent, and he will always be interested in everything. You know, we don't really get much of him as a character. Frankly, I don't think we need to in the context of this no. story. Um, uh, but there is at least a three dimensional character in um teen marie but yeah it's you know the fact that you know she puts on the full face and the hair and everything she's lying yeah. in a hospital bed and anna's like you know i just basically said you had cramps you're selling this yeah, as yeah. you know stage four yeah um, absolutely yeah so and hoping it gets worse in some ways because yeah. they know that that'll be a bigger ticket thing. Oh, she needs a kidney pray for a kidney who's gonna yeah. give her a kidney let's raise money for you know all the all the ways that if it's yeah. if it's dire, it it, it it unfortunately means more, and it's just it's horrible, really. And this is where also I don't really trust Max because he says later, you know, oh, you know, they're just selling stuff like everybody else. And I thought, yeah. but they're not because yeah, the, it's a very centrist point of view, was it? It's very oh. kind of oh, you know, there are worse people out there. Yeah, there are probably, but they're still bad people. That doesn't not excuse. Just that, but I feel like the way that their heartland and the people that they exploit yeah. tend to be very poor people who can't afford it. It's very different. Yeah. A lawyer is different to an insurance person is very yeah. different. This is very purposeful in who they go after and what it, they're going after. And that's why I was like, Ooh, you just don't know what you're talking. You know, you just, you're not right to me. I, it really put me, no, I, it really put me off him. No, it should do. Yeah. But it, the point you made is is a point that somebody else in the ER makes. I can't remember if it's Carol or Randy. They're talking about it and they say, "Yeah, but it's all poor people who are given the credit card. Yeah, exactly. in, you know, the the debt to. It's just the mind boggles. Mm. Yeah, it's it's but it's incredibly disheartening that this is not a complete fantasy. Um, mm. this yeah. this storyline, you know, you kind of wish it's like, ah, oh, God, oh. can you imagine? <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, and yes, and yes, it is. It, it is happening. It continues to happen as as we record this. It is yeah. happening. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, but uh, I don't know. 
if there What's if the there is if there is something up there, I wonder how they will react to the fact that people are trying to sell fast pass tickets. Oh, if 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 it is real, then I'm fairly sure they're not going to the good place. Uh, no, absolutely mm. not. And if they are, if that is what the good place is, somewhere you can buy into, I don't want to be there. No, that is no. not why idea of a good place, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I think that's the episode. It is the episode. I think we we've gone we've done some lovely segues today. We're going to do another going into Ibers. I think should we start with suits? Uh, Swoozy Kurtz. Yeah, she's amazing. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. Where did everyone first? encounter her vice versa a film from the i think it's late 80s which had fred savage in it and judge reinhold and they basically it's freaky friday but for a dad and son and she plays a villain in it so that's where i first knew her from but then i'd seen her in things like cruel intentions and reality fights grace and frankie and all that and, cool. you know, t- she was actually touched by an angel as well. I don't know if you know. A few that. people this week have been touched by an angel. Good. good. Uh, yeah. Where did you know her from? Uh, for me, it was Cruel Intentions is where I first. Uh, oh, okay. saw. Yeah. And, and actually going through her IMDb, I realized she was in Dangerous Liaisons as well. Mm, yeah. So isn't like, that ah, cool? Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it was lost for me when she played Locke's mum. But I, I think I, I think I saw another stuff, but I didn't put it together until Lost. Um, and weirdly, when in Lost, she was only eight years older than the actor playing her son. Ooh, I hate when they do that. Yeah, it's yeah. creepy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you are you are a, a woman of a certain age. Mother role. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, she's had a fantastic career. She's done some brilliant stuff. And she has that, you know, that so characteristic voice, but also a, a fantastic actor on, you know, not just, you know, beyond her... I'm not gonna say gimmick, but beyond her obvious um, talent, I'm not really making sense this morning. So it's we fine. She's she's weird. she's great. Should we move next next person? I was gonna say her name comes. That's her actual name, Swoozy. It is. I know. It's cool. It's from half swan, half goose, which is the name of the bomber that her, her father piloted. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Really interesting. Cool, isn't it? Yeah. So Gary Grubbs, who yes. plays her husband. Again, one of those people, like, where did you first find him? Uh, Sabrina me, the Teenage Witch. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he plays like this kind of hick, um, which that's a relative. And then, but he's in, then he was in Will and Grace as Harlan. Yeah. So he was in that a lot. And I remember thinking, oh, you're, I felt like he was called Emmett in Sabrina, but that may be just me making that up. Forget that. But <laughs> Sabrina for me was where I first saw him. Same. And then Ed, like you said as well, Angel. They'd be the two yeah, big yeah. ones I would I would remember him from. But I mean, loads. He was in X Files twice. He was in the TV show and in the film. Um, but Harlan Pokey, I've just come across him. So in the X Files film, he was by Captain Cools, and then uh, he was also touched by an angel playing Brother Jim. He was in the show as a sheriff as well, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sheriff Tom Aaron's. Um, so yeah, he's. But he's a fantastic actor. I really enjoy when he's on screen because mm. he comes across as that hick, but sometimes he gets to play the hick, but you shouldn't underestimate, underestimate him. Either. Well, he's really rich when he's in um, Will and Grace. So it's yeah. funny because I'd him play this hick and then all of a sudden he's like re- this really rich guy. Yeah. He's, um, he's always going to be a criminal mind, so I'm watching that right now, so I'm looking forward to seeing him that. Nice. Yeah. Um... Uh, who we got? Who else have we got? So they're the ones we we all recognised. Any extras? 
I know we I know she's been in it before, but Erica Gimple as Adele, I forget the fact that I first saw her in True Blood. She was the fairy yes. elder. Yes, she was. Um Kesha and... for or against. Yeah. Try the other. I'm sure there's any anyone else. So there's I don't know if it, I don't know if we've done this either before. I don't know if he's been in it, but Kenneth Tiger, who played um the dean of the medical school. Uh, Dr. I've lost his name. This is good podcasting. Vamp, 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 vamp. I've got a vamp. When we were talking about evangelists, whatever they are. Evangelists. Um, evangelists, that's the word. Um, I, there's a song lyric came to my mind, and it was, um, I think religion is a business where you pay for god's forgiveness so i just wanted to put oh that nice out what's there. that from that's from a song called is it just me which is by um charlie puth and sasha alex sloan okay okay yeah. what a what a what a line yeah 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 uh, so he plays dr Kineholtz, um but he's again he's done shed loads of stuff so he's an avengers assemble as an old german man um oh i actually Straight away, I know that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's in Lethal Weapon three. He's been in loads of. He was in Star Trek Voyager as another person called Damar or Damar um, in the episode Displaced, where they get swapped with the crew gets swapped with aliens. Yes. Uh, and also, the reason he keeps playing Germans is that he speaks German fluently with a perfect accent, and also spent a year at the University of Göttingen as a Fulbright Scholar. And has a BA and a PhD from Harvard in German literature. I mean, fair play. Yeah, he knows his stuff, and he's a lifelong liberal democrat. But anyway, but no, he's um, he's been in absolute shed loads as well. He's one of those people. If you chuck a rock, then he's he's probably gonna be in Hollywood. You know, the rock will hit him. Gotcha. Uh, conspiracy theories in as well. Loads of stuff. But yeah, he was also touched by an angel. I'm afraid to say. Goddamn angel got around. Goddamn. But yeah, uh, I think that's it. Anyone else got any? No. Uh, no, nobody's now. Nobody's jumping out straight away. Um... So I will note that there were two other English actors in this. There was Alice Amter who played the uh, Pick You Doctor. Um, oh, is that who? She... Okay, yeah. Again, terrible names. I wrote it down because I wanted to check. Doctor Miriam Nagarvala. Yes. And she's an English, well, she's actually international, and her nickname is the International. Um, but yeah. Well, I think I think the um the radiographer guy, the radiologist, I think he was played by either an English or Australian actor, but I couldn't find him on the on the IMDB. I know him from one thing, it's from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? And he was one of Giles's teenage friends. Oh he was killed by the demon Igon. Uh, right. In the beginning of that episode, where it turns out Giles had summoned a demon as a teenager, and kind of guy. Uh, yeah, so he doesn't have a very large role, but it's quite a memorable scene. Yeah, so that's how it I recognised yeah. his face. Ah, okay, so probably is English or part English or plays lot of English. So yeah, um, I just want to talk briefly about that disease that the young that Sam Adams comes in, which is got a, a mouthful of name, methemoglobinemia. God bless you. Thank you. Um, and basically, a uh, friend of the show, Dr. Adriano Winston, has said uh, basically um, the iron ion that binds to hemoglobin um, is the wrong one, and that can be caused by lots of different things. So it can be a hereditary condition or it can be acquired 
from as as with this young lad from the environment um and basically just stops oxygen binding properly and that's why you get you know blue lips and things like that um and it's also as i say methylene blue is used to treat it it also makes you wee green slash blue does methylene Ooh. blue yeah it's also i remember it being a stain from microscopy in uh, a-level biology and um this the the notable cases are the blue fugates who are a family lived in the hills of kentucky had the hereditary form and also the blue men of lurgan as in lurgan in ireland so yeah there we go cool yeah so that's the blue men of lurgan i'm so glad i covered that um and we're calling it Thanks for listening to our podcast about everything ER. Don't forget, you can find us on social media on Instagram at you set the tone pod and at set underscore pod on Twitter. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And remember, you set the tone. 